I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been so very nice. So very nice indeed, <laughs> Diane Reeves, to have you join us today and kick off our holiday special. Happy holidays. Yes, happy holidays to everybody. This is my favorite season. From the CPR Performance Studio, it's the Colorado Matters Holiday Music Special. Coming up this hour, more with Grammy-winning jazz vocalist Diane Reeves, rising country star Claire Dunn of Two Buttes, Colorado, Hanukkah memories from klezmer father-daughter duo Hal and Annie Aqua, and a Yuletide tune recorded inside a giant tank in Rangeley, Colorado. Plus... Stirring choral music and CPR's Nathan Heffel remembers the soundtrack to his childhood Christmases. Hint, they involve John Denver. Here's your host, Ryan Warner. Thank you, Charlie. Welcome to our first Colorado Matters holiday music special. And Diane Reeves, beyond wishing you happy holidays, I also want to say congratulations. You were just named a Doris Duke Fellow by United States Artists. It comes with $50,000. That's Mm -hmm. nice. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You were born in Detroit and raised in Denver, moved here when you were about two, and Mm -hmm. you still call Denver home. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about Christmases in Colorado growing up? Well, you know, I remember it used to be so cold that um, we could go out to City Park Lake and ice skate on the lake. Oh, really? Yeah. And then and not fall through. And obviously. not fall through. And then there used to be a hill in front of the Museum of Natural History that we take sleighs and go down all the time. But my fondest memory is and my greatest gifts uh, from Christmas time. Uh, I've come from a family of fantastic storytellers. And after the wonderful meal had been served and the dishes were cleared away, the stories would begin. And those are my fondest memories of Christmas here in Denver. What kinds of stories? Life stories, you know, stories of people that had gone before. And I remember my Aunt Mary Beth could really, you know, talk like them, seemed like it. She had gestures like them. And my mother was a fantastic storyteller. And we would just be mesmerized, waiting for the day that we'd be able to as kids, we were kids, to be able to be old enough to tell our own stories. And you tell your own stories now at the holidays? I tell my own stories on stage when I perform. I still love stories. I I believe that stories are the fabric of our family, and they keep those who have gone before near and dear in our hearts and our and our souls. What puts you in the holiday mood? Is it uh, decorating? Is it the music? I think it's the music and the spirit starts to change, you know. Um, I just like the energy of, uh, more than anything, the music. I think the holidays are synonymous with home, but Mm -hmm. you are on the road a lot. How do you create the feeling of home when you're touring? And do you always get to be home for Christmas? Well, yeah, yes. I really try not to not be home for Christmas. But um, I think on the road I have, I travel with a group of musicians and, and, and production people that are more like family than anything. So while we're out there, you know, one of the things that we do before we even go on stage is we have a meal together. We laugh and talk like family. And then we go out and celebrate with music. In 2004, you recorded an album called Christmas Time is Here. Mm-hmm. The thing about making a holiday album is that you have to do it well before Christmas. Right. So that it comes out in time. Mm-hmm. And I think that means you recorded this Christmas album in July. Yes, I did. And we decorated the studio and just brought the Christmas spirit in there and had, you know, people would walk in and go, what's going on in here? You know, and we had so much fun. And I remember when we were after we had finished the record and we had to listen to it. I was in my car. It was in August here in Denver, hot, hot, hot. And I had it turned up real loud. And this guy said, that's a great idea. I'm going to keep cool just like that. (laughs) (laughs) With holiday music in the Mm -hmm. summer. When you record a Christmas album, there's obviously the difficult decision of what tracks to include. 
Yeah. I mean, there's just so many options. Yeah, you know, actually, we recorded more than what ended up on the record. And even, you know, I just got off a tour of uh, doing uh, Christmas celebrations all around the country. And around, you were in Paris, too. Yeah, and we, I mean, we just have so much fun. So we just, whatever is not on the record, we add in the show. <laughs> Why don't we hear a track from that album? All right. You chose Christmas Time Is Here. Mm-hmm. What do you love about it? Oh, I remember when I first heard this song. You know, this is from Charlie Brown's Christmas. Yes. And uh, I loved it because um, it was a kind of had this jazz vibe, and I love jazz music. And it had this ability to speak to children as well as adults. So it was a uniting kind of song. Well, thanks for being with us, Diane Reeves. It's my pleasure. Christmas Time is Here by Grammy Award-winning jazz vocalist Diane Reeves of Denver. Denver jazz vocalist Diane Reeves with Christmas Time is here. Hanukkah Time is here, too. The eight-night Jewish Festival of Lights begins at sundown Saturday. And here in the CPR Performance Studio to share some of their Hanukkah memories are father and daughter Hal and Annie Aqua. Hal fronts a Denver band called The Lost Tribe. Annie plays violin in it. And you could describe their music as nouveau klezmer, so a contemporary take on traditional Jewish music. Hal, Annie, welcome to this Colorado Matters holiday music special. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Uh, Hal, Hal, tell us briefly about klezmer music for those who are uninitiated. Klezmer is um, basically Eastern European Jewish party music. It's for celebrations. That's what we do. Celebrate whenever possible. And Hanukkah would be one of those times? That would be a good time. Okay. What other music uh, might um, Klezmer include? In other words, are there influences that in, I don't know, more recent years it has been infused with? Sure, yeah. Um, definitely jazz. When, uh, when Klezmer came from Europe to America, it was both an influence to and uh, an influence, it was influenced by uh, early American jazz. Uh, there, you hear uh, kind of gypsy music in it from uh, from its time in Europe, um, and then we we try to ramp it up with all kinds of uh, contemporary grooves as well. Hal, I love that you're so musical that even when we're talking, you have to strum your guitar. Oh, was that me? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to perform live for us, and why don't you tell us about the song before you do? So this is uh, a children's song called uh, Hanukkah Oi Hanukkah in Yiddish. Uh, most American Jewish Kids know it in English, but we're going to do a, uh, a little bit of the original uh, Yiddish version. Lovely. And then we'll talk to you and your daughter, Annie, afterwards. Go ahead. In Schwedrei Fear. Alle Nacht in Drehlich spellen mir, so der heiße Lakis essen mit dem Schirr. Die Schwinder sind Kinder, die Chanukka-Lichtele an. Sagt da Hanisim, Leugat, Fardenisim, und Lumber alle tanzen in Town. Sagt da Hanisim, Leugat, Fardenisim, Lumber alle tanzen in Town. Yeah, <laughs> 
Lovely. So that's Hal Aqua and his daughter, Annie. They're coming over to our interview table to share a few words in advance of Hanukkah. And uh, boy, it's hard not to be happy when you play that song, isn't it? Yeah, I try, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Annie, uh, does that song bring up memories from Hanukkah's of, of your childhood? Yeah, um, I always like to think about the um, lighting the menorah lyrics. Um, have a lot of great memories from... Um, massive family parties lighting you know 10 menorahs and if it's at the end of Hanukkah there might be like 80 candles lit at once so that's always a little bit dangerous but a lot of fun yes fire hazard and fun Mm -hmm. as well what what memories do you have Hal of of uh, Hanukkah's well uh fire as well um and danger um I like to think of uh of latkes when I think of Hanukkah Mm -hmm. latkes are uh, traditional fried potato pancakes with onions and um there's kind of um there's there's a, a danger in uh in making in making latkes. They're uh you gotta make a lot of them at a time and you have to get every burner on the stove going with hot oil and uh, a couple of um you know, extra electric skillets going. So it's kind of a macho thing. It's about as macho as Jewish guys get <laughs> is making latkes. Sort of your version of barbecuing, I guess? Yeah, it's, okay. it's very primal. Yeah, it's, uh, does your smoke alarm go off when you're... It does, it oh. does. And then the, uh, the kitchen smells like latkes for the next, uh, pr- pretty much until Passover, which is in the spring. Hanukkah endures in that mm-hmm. regard. Uh, I remember getting sick on latkes as a kid. I'm uh, sorry to hear well, that. The, the, the oil is really intense. Like you, you can only have so many of them, Annie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I can have probably a dozen at least. Okay. So, yeah, I think, yeah. uh, so I want to ask a little bit more about what latkes represent because they're a symbol too, aren't they? Uh-oh, yeah. We're going to get a, have a history quiz here. Do you, <laughs> would you want us to share that? Well, yeah. Okay. So the, the, the legend is that uh, uh, after the... Um, the temple was retaken by the the Maccabees, the ancient uh, Hebrews, um, from the the Greeks. Um, they uh, there was no oil to light the uh, the um, ceremonial um, lamps, uh, so there was there was enough oil left uh, for for one night. And the, the miracle that the rabbis told uh, and, and after that period was that the uh, the the um, oil lasted for eight eight nights, eight days. So that's why we light. Eat candles and eat lots of oil in that regard. Yes, yes. And you will be at Klezfest. That's coming up. Uh, I think this weekend at Mercury Cafe in it Denver, is. a celebration of klezmer music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks to both of you for coming on and performing for us. Happy Hanukkah, Hag Sameach. Happy holidays. Thanks so much. Thank right? you. Hal Aqua and the Lost Tribe, as I said, are featured at this year's Klezfest. Takes place this weekend at the Mercury Cafe in Denver. <laughs> Live from the CPR Performance Studio, this is the Colorado Matters Holiday Music Special with Ryan Warner. Still to come, we'll go a caroling in The Tank, a peculiar recording space in Rangeley, Colorado, and a rising country music star stops by. This is CPR News. It's Colorado Matters' first-ever holiday music special from CPR News. I'm Charlie Sampson, and once again, here's your host in the CPR Performance Studio, Ryan Warner. In the western slope town of Rangeley, there's an old water tank with remarkable acoustics. The railroads used it, and it's recently been turned into a recording studio. Residents spent four days inside the tank singing their favorite Christmas carols, and the result is the new CD, Rangely, a caroling at the tank. Well, musician Bruce Odland led the campaign to preserve the tank, and he is with us. Bruce, welcome to our holiday special. 
Thank you very much. I actually feel like I'm back in the tank when I hear that. <gasps> Tell us who we're hearing. Who's that? Well, we're hearing Elaine Yuri, who's one of our main supporters out there in Rangeley. She built the road into the tank. She owns a trucking company out there with her husband, and she has a wonderful voice and loves to sing in the tank. Jana Wright, the soprano, used to sing in church with Elaine and has a terrific voice. And Heather Zadra, who is our operations manager there in Rangeley when people come, is the, is the alto there. And the three of these guys just sound marvelous together in the tank, I'd say. Is it possible to not sound marvelous in the tank? In other words, um, I'm, I'm no singer. Could it make me sound better? Well, you know how it's how it feels to sing in the shower as compared to sing in the kitchen or the garage or in your car and, and get that little echo. Well, this is a a shower times 100. It does sound pretty marvelous. The only thing that you could probably do that would drive you crazy is to play really 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 fast. Let's say you have uh, gone to Berkeley School of Music and your joy is to play the guitar super fast and you're into all these licks. Well, they're going to come back at you, and they'll all be hanging in the air at the same very time. Huh. So your joy there is mainly to, in the tank, is to listen, uh, rather than to just output, output, output. How did the Christmas album come about? Well, one of our uh, uh, supporters there, Elaine Yuri, the same who was singing there, um, had brought uh, Sam Tolley, who's an oil man and philanthropist in Rangeley, uh, up to the tank. And Sam was pretty doubtful about this. He thought maybe, you know, there's a collection of hippies up there, or maybe it's a drum circle, or maybe it's just Eastern liberal East Coast guys who... And he came up and we sang, um, I think, Battle Hymn of the Republic, which those stark harmonies sound fantastic. And Sam is an open man, open-minded and really brilliant guy, and he got it immediately. And uh, he said well, I want to do something for Rangeley, and I want to do something for the tank. And a couple months later, we met up, and he had an idea. Let's make a Christmas album of all traditional carols. And we jumped into it and found people to do it. And since we've had open Saturdays at the tank now for this first year, a lot of Rangeley natives have been up there trying out their skills in the tank. So we collected the gang um, of growing tank community and ask them what they wanted to sing. What is it like to step into the tank? Well, there's an immediate wow, which is awe. Your ears have never been so big. And your eyes are pretty small. There's not that much to look at, but your ears just... It's a whole rebalancing of the senses because the sound is all around you and that sound is you. You're in the middle of your own sound. And the sound goes swimming out from you and swimming back and lasts maybe up to 40 seconds. So you've never really heard in this detail and this spatiality before. So the awe is real. It's actually a sense of awe. Not like awesome. Oh, what a nice kale shake. Awesome. No, actual <laughs> honest to goodness awe. And you're standing right in the middle of it. It's pretty overwhelming. Is it at all claustrophobic? Well, in the old days before we had a new door and some lights, it was kind of claustrophobic. But in a very unusual way, it isn't small. It's like tall. It's 70 feet tall or 65 feet tall, 40 feet wide. And it feels huge, but you had to climb in through this little porthole that was 18 inches in diameter. Now we have a nice big door you can walk through, so... It doesn't have that claustrophobic feel of, of like as if you're in a little butane tank or anything. No, it's more more got a feeling of cathedral uplift on steroids. Well, why don't we listen to another song from the new holiday album? And you can really hear the acoustics of the tank in this. It's Carol of the Bells, performed by Samantha Wade.
That's just one singer, right, Bruce? Yeah, it's got some overtracking in it, and it's she's in different parts of the tank, using different acoustical properties in the tank, different microphones, and it's a choir of Sammy Wade's there. We think of her as the voice of the tank because she grew up singing in there. She really knows how to activate the space. She grew up singing in there before it was any kind of recording space, before it had been really discovered more widely. Yeah, there was a small gang of people who used to sneak in there, and she was early in that in that process. She actually, that her musical training is the tank. She can make that place ring like nobody else. And I understand she volunteers or might even work there now? She was our first employee. I mean, she is dedicated to this place, and uh, she's our docent. She greets people and brings people in, and if they're feeling shy, she sings with them, shows them the different instruments. And in our sort of like uh, acoustical domain there, she really gets it and welcomes people. There may be people listening thinking, how can I sing in the tank? How can I get my band or my voice into it? Um, and you mentioned open Saturdays. So is this just a thing you can sort of walk in? Well, you know, it's a little cold now, but May through <laughs> October, we had open Saturdays. This last year was our first year. And people can check out tanksounds.org. We'll be accepting project proposals, recording proposals, and we'll also be having times when People can just come in and experience it. Bring your voice, bring an instrument. And, oh, I should really put this plug in since it's a good chance. Uh, you can um, you can purchase downloads of this album still from going to tanksounds.org and follow the, follow the clicks. Still time to decorate your tree to this music. But, Bruce, um, Bruce, yeah, they we, can we, come in. Go ahead. We only have about 30 seconds left. I just want to ask, what has the tank meant for Rangeley? Well, that's an ongoing story. You know, it's, it is um, probably, you know, this, this show that you're doing right now means a lot to Rangeley. It's a tough times for oil right now. You know, if you get, you're happy with a big car to put cheap gas in your car, but that means the economy in Rangeley really suffers because they depend on oil and gas exploration and development. So the tank is a bright light in a gloomy financial scene out there. And any time you come out there, yeah, buy something in the local stores. Uh, hang out and look at their museums and the Automobile Museum. And Rangeley has a lot to offer. And I think the tank is like the lighthouse that draws people out there so they can find these marvelous people and opportunities. Bruce Odlin chairs Friends of the Tank. That is the acoustically rich water tank in Rangeley, Colorado. Our next guest drove four hours to be with us, all the way from Two Buttes, Colorado, population 42. It's in the state's southeast corner. She was recently named Best Female Vocalist at the Rocky Mountain Country Music Awards. This is the first year for those awards. And Claire Dunn, welcome to Colorado Matters. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. You grew up on a farm in Two Buttes. Can you tell us what that place is like, the town, the farm? Yeah, um, Two Buttes is a very small town, and uh, our farm is uh, a little bit east of town, and I'm lucky to have my parents here with me today. And uh, it's just a it's small town, rural way of life. And uh, I have an older sister. She and I grew up driving semi-trucks, uh, you know, 18-wheelers and John Deere tractors and case combines and whatever else was needed to be done, working cattle, riding horses, and, uh, you know, just grew up in that country way of life. And how does music fit into that? And does farming life lend itself to a music career, which you have? <laughs> you know, oddly enough, in many ways it does. I was fortunate enough to uh, inherit uh, a love of music from my parents. And I think that any farm kid would tell you that uh, long hours spent uh, driving a tractor all day, all day as a young kid uh, music is your companion, and it's your ex escape, and uh, it ultimately becomes your friend. And my parents love music, and I I receive that love of music from them. And then uh, through their love of me, they help me and uh, encourage me to pursue it. And uh, you know, so all of my music is is shaped from growing up on a farm, listening to so many different kinds of music, and working out there on the farm. 
I'm guessing that country was one of the genres of music you oh, listened yes. to. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to sing a beautiful holiday song. It's not an easy one, Claire Dunn. My goodness. Oh, holy night. <laughs> no, it is not. And um, it is, uh, it's one that I've never actually performed before. And this will be, uh, this is my lovely bass player today. He's a Cajon player, Reed. So he and I have never played this. Uh, we ran through it one time in soundcheck earlier. So here goes nothing. And let me say that a cajon is the wooden box that Reed Barron is sitting on. Yes. Yes, and, and that is going to make some noise. Take it away. Absolutely. Here we go. One, two, three. Mm. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night. Of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world In sin and there repining Till he appeared And the soul felt its worth A thrill of You're a hit. I'll say, Claire Dunn, oh. if you don't become a huge star, something oh. is wrong with the universe. <laughs> Thank you very much. Surely you've sung that song, like, maybe t to yourself or something, or did you just mean that was the first time you've done um, it professionally? Yeah. I mean, I, I sang it a few times, you know, growing up in church, but I've never 
actually performed it, and I'm really glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, um, very special song. It's one of my favorite holiday songs and Christmas songs, and uh, you know, mostly for the message. But it's uh, it's just a beautiful one to me. So um, uh, it's just always nerve wracking. <laughs> Uh, you wanted it to be over. We wanted it to keep going. I, so that's that's Claire Dunn, and I want to uh, give another shout-out to Reed Barron, who is mm-hmm. on Cajon. I am curious if yeah. you had a lot of time for Christmas on Christmas Day or whether on the farm the animals take precedent. Oh, yeah. Um, we definitely celebrated Christmas, uh, but we, you know, being farmers and ranchers, uh, you are responsible for taking care of animals. And, um, you know, I think any... A uh, rancher would tell you that, you know, you kill yourself to make sure that your animals have the best care that you could possibly give them. And that's something that my parents uh, showed me. And uh, we were, you know, very much up at the crack of dawn, out doing chores, making sure everything was taken care of, breaking ice. And uh, and then once every animal was taken care of, then we came back in and we had Christmas. And, uh, you know, uh, we celebrated all month long, really. We just really get into that spirit of Christmas. And um, my mom is, you know, very much uh, all about that. And so I'm really grateful that, you know, we get to have it all month long or more. (laughs) Or more. You're living in Nashville these days, but it's good Mm -hmm. to be home, I imagine, in two buttes. Oh, very. Uh, I try to go home as often as humanly possible. It's so grounding for me. And while I love Nashville and I love Tennessee, it'll never be home. Uh, Colorado's home and the farm is home. And uh, so anytime I get to go back, I just soak it up. Well, lovely to have you. That's rising country star Claire Dunn. She's working on her first full-length album, and she recently won the inaugural Rocky Mountain Country Music Award for Best Female Vocalist. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. You're listening to the Colorado Matters Holiday Music Special. Musicians joining us from across the state still to come. Denver's Trio Encantada, celebrated choral ensemble, the Ars Nova Singers, and later, Muppets. That's right, Muppets. Back to you, Ryan. Thank you, Charlie. That's Charlie Sampson, longtime voice on CPR Classical, and I should say, recent inductee to the Colorado Broadcast Pioneers Hall of Fame. Some applause for that. But we asked CPR Open Air host Alicia Sweeney to share her favorite holiday song by a Colorado artist, and she told us about an unusual cover. My pick is full of childhood nostalgia. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the Dr. Seuss TV holiday special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and locals The Raven in the Writing Desk perform this cover of Your Mean One, Mr. Grinch, with such playful charm. And I promise you, you'll find this version the opposite of stink, stank, stunk. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus, as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, by Denver band The Raven and The Writing Desk. Now, Denver's Trio Encantada, balladeers Jesse Ogas, Dee Burleson, and Yolanda Ortega. All three are veterans of Denver's Sioux Teatro, the theater company. And Jesse, is it true that your trio started because of catering? It, it really did. We were uh, all performers at a, during a production at Sioux Teatro, and we enjoyed, we had such a good time together. We were sitting outside one day and talking about after the play, what could we do to work together? And I said, well, people are always asking me to cater. And um, Dee says, well, I'm a vocal coach. I can teach you how to use your instruments. And we both looked at Yolanda, and she was quiet for a minute. And then she looked up, and she said, well, I look pretty. And that's how <laughs> we started it, Trio Encantada. It was actually Encantada Catering. And we were singing caterers. You were singing caterers, and now you're here. You, you, you're not catering our affair uh, today, No, we're just right. singing today. And you will be singing what? We're singing Silent Night. All right. Take it away. All right. 
How many different languages did I recognize? Three? It's three. It's and we three. And we chose that specifically because Silent Night is one of those songs that are so universal during the holiday season, and it represents so many different cultures. So D. Burleson uh, opens it up in, in uh, German, and then Yolanda Ortega and I sing it in Spanish, and then the three of us harmonize in English. Indeed. So trio and cantata made up of Jesse Ogas, D. Burleson, and Yolanda Ortega. And um, I understand that you have a, a favorite memory of this season growing up. So I grew up in southwestern New Mexico. We were very, very poor. And, you know, getting a Christmas tree was something that was very special to us. And it was my grandfather, uh, Grandpa Tom, who every year he would go out and he would cut Christmas trees for a variety of families, especially those that might not have a Christmas tree. So as a little boy... My favorite memory was always that night that we knew Grandpa Tom was coming and the three of us would sit in front of the window and we'd wait. And then Grandpa would show up and he'd unload the trees and he'd pick the prettiest one for us and we would set it up. And that's what I carry on the tradition today. Every year I go out and I cut numerous trees and I deliver them to family, friends, and to those who might not be able to afford a Christmas tree. Where are there good Christmas trees? Well, I go to the South Platforce service ranger district there and that's where i cut them down and how did you decorate that tree as a kid what do you remember about what was on the tree you know it was very interesting my mom would have us make us uh the paper change popcorn um you know we'd string popcorn together red chilies you know new mexico, new mexico. we're known for the chili right <laughs> we'd hang red chilies in there and and these beautiful lights my mom collected uh different types of lights. And so my dad would put the lights on and then it was up to us to decorate the tree. Proof that everything in New Mexico has chilies. It does. (laughs) Is your tree up now? It is up. Tell us about what it looks like. So I went with a very simplistic tree this year. We have white little tiny lights on the inside, blue lights on the outside, red ribbons to represent the the color of New Mexico for me uh, throughout the the tree. So it's very simple, but yet very elegant. 
Tell us just a little bit more about trio and cantata, the kinds of music you perform. I understand it's quite diverse. So it's very diverse. Dee Burleson is a Grammy-nominated Tejano star, right? And he moved to Colorado to, to get out of the limelight after Selena was killed. They were very, very close friends, and they performed together, and they were, they were so close. And when that tragedy happened, he decided to retire from the industry, and we were so lucky to get him here. Yolanda Ortega was um, the vice president of student affairs at Metro State University and retired from there. And so one of the elements that we brought, Yolanda brings this Spanish ballad um, to the to the group. Dee brought a variety of sounds from Tejano music to Motown. And I did a little bit of everything in the country. So we go from some Jewish traditional songs to uh, Mexican to country western to Motown. It's It's a lot of fun. Well, thanks so much to Denver's Trio and Cantata. Thank we appreciate you. your time. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. I'm so glad you have a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, now for something completely different. A choral group from Boulder that has a unique niche. Ars Nova singers specialize in a cappella music from the Renaissance and today... Artistic Director Tom Morgan is here to share an old Christmas carol. Hi, Tom. Hi, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. Nice to see you. What are we going to hear? We're going to hear an arrangement of the old traditional carol, The Holly and the Ivy. And several years ago, well, probably 20 years ago, we started doing a, um, a custom Christmas carol project for our audiences. And so in the spring at our annual gala, we have a silent auction where we auction off a custom Christmas carol arrangement. And so over the course of the year, then, the winner of that auction gets to choose their carol. And in the fall, we arrange it. We rehearse it with the choir. We perform it at our Christmas concerts. It's like the musical version of Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah. And then on Christmas Eve, the winning person gets a copy of the score and a CD recording of their carol that they get to celebrate with their family. So it's it's been a wonderful thing for us. We've done probably 16 now custom arrangements. We're thinking of doing a CD of all of them mm. at some time. And this piece, The Holly and the Ivy. And this particular one was from a couple years ago. And, you know, the old, uh, the traditional carol, The Holly and the Ivy, is pretty straightforward. It's got a very, the, the music of the verses is the same music in the refrain. And it's a fairly straightforward static rhythm. So I thought I'm going to arrange this. Uh, the usual carol is in 3-4 time. So I'm going to take an eighth note out of almost every measure and make it in 5-8 time. So it has a wonderful little lilt to it. And we were fortunate this particular year to be performing with uh, two wonderful Colorado musicians, uh, Matthew Dane on viola and Christina Jennings on flute. So this is our arrangement of the holly and the ivy. And do you want to tell us just a little bit about its meaning? It's uh, well, Ryan. Have you scenery? Have you decorated your house? I have. Uh, no, well, minimally. I guess minimally <laughs> is is how I would put it. Okay. Well, the decorating of our homes with uh, evergreens is really an ancient tradition. It goes back before the Christian era, and in fact, there's even some writings from the the early church fathers directing Christians to not do this at the same time as the pagans were doing it. So it's it's an old old tradition. And the holly in in uh, medieval understanding was is a masculine image and the ivy was uh, a feminine image so we have both of those in this particular carol the holly and the ivy from arzanova singers i remember the first time i heard you guys i was just floored and here here, here you are <laughs>
The Holly and the Ivy from Ars Nova Singers in Boulder, we heard from its founding artistic director a bit earlier, Tom Morgan. Finally, I want to welcome my Colorado Matters colleague, host Nathan Heffel, to the program. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Ryan. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. When we were planning this holiday music special, you chimed in with a song that's dear to you from a singer who is strongly associated with Colorado. That's right. It's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, and it's sung by John Denver and the Muppets from A Christmas Together. That was a 1979 TV special and uh, a vinyl album. And uh, my parents bought the vinyl album and played it. And they got to know Miss Piggy and Kermit and Gonzo and Beaker, the whole Muppet gang. And eventually my dad recorded it onto a cassette tape. Transferring it onto another piece of technology. Exactly. (laughs) Scratches and all. It was worn through. And I remember listening to it every holiday. And and I learned every scratch. And I learned every skip. And it, it just became part of the songs for me. And this cassette came to mean even more to you later on. It did. Um... My dad died of cancer in 1991, and uh, that first Christmas without him, when you, we popped in that tape, it meant a lot to us and, and, and really brought him home. The story does not end there, though. It doesn't. Uh, I moved out of the house and, and, and went to college, and the tape, of course, had fallen apart long ago. But I, I found a CD copy, and I bought it, and I popped it into the CD player, and I began to sing all the songs. And when I was expecting a scratch or a skip, it was <laughs> crystal clear, of course. Uh, there was even an entire song that I didn't know existed because uh, the tape that my dad recorded on wasn't long enough for the entire album. I see. And uh, so the, the, you have the CD to this day? I have the CD to this day, and now digitally as well. Right. How did you pick the track, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Because it's a duet with uh, Rolf the dog. He's the <laughs> Muppet. And uh, John Denver, and, and Rolf is playing the piano. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light From now on our troubles will be out of sight A song I think originally written for the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. What goes through your mind, Nathan Heffel, when you hear that song? Oh man, I'm trying not to cry my eyes out. Um, It is a really special song for my family and... uh, and as you know, I recently lost my mother as well, and so the song has that much more importance to me and my family, and uh, uh, especially as, as I you know, begin to start the process to have a family, uh, knowing that that song and the album by John Denver will always be in the family has been a really uh, important part of my life. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. And we hope all of you have a merry little Christmas and a happy Hanukkah and a joyous New Year. And that's Colorado Matters Holiday Music Special. Directed by Nathan Heffel, produced by Stephanie Wolf, and engineered by David Fender and John Zuko. Anthony Cotton operated the applause sign with Ryan Warner. I'm Charlie Sampson, wishing you and yours happy holidays from the CPR Performance Studio. <laughs>